Hey guys, welcome back to a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. As always, my name is Mac, and thank you for coming back for a brand new episode. I got a really special one for you guys today. Um, my guest is somebody who knows my necks firsthand, and you guys are going to hear some firsthand stories about my necks from somebody else. Um, before we get started, though, I wanted to send a special shout out to Doug Buggle from last week's episode. Um, Doug, I think you absolutely killed it with your stories about, you know, how your six foot three son was berated by your necks and, uh, you know, the realization about how she's a narcissist. And um, my heart was pounding when you were telling the story about staking out your Tahoe from across the street. Really, really cool story. If you didn't check it out, please go back and check out Doug's story. Um, and before we get to this next guest, as always, I'm going to remind you guys, please follow me on Instagram and on TikTok at dimming underscore the underscore gaslight. Um, please give it five stars on Spotify, five stars on Apple Podcasts, and please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you like the show, uh, please leave a review. Let's get the algorithm uh, noticing this podcast as, as uh, you know, one of the places that people can come and learn more about narcissism and uh, get their story out. And that's what this is all about. Um, also, I want to remind you, if you'd like to be on the show, please email me at dimmingthegaslight at gmail.com and uh, let's get your story out there. Um, please reach out to me. So, also, one thing before I uh, get into this next guest, I wanted to give you an update, a little update about my situation. Um, so when you guys heard about my consent order, part of my consent order was that I had to uh, supply my current treating psychiatrist with my diagnosis from my marital psychiatrist six years ago. So I actually had the opportunity to do that yesterday. And I went and I met up with my marital psychiatrist from six years ago and got my paperwork. And there was actually no official diagnosis that I was bipolar. So she claimed all these kind of things. I don't really actually know from reading what the stuff is, what my diagnosis was. Um, I guess maybe I was depressed. I was just going through a narcissist. I was going through dealing with a narcissist. And, and uh, so they were medicating me, I guess, for depression. There's no official diagnosis as bipolar. The only mention of bipolar is because my next said that to the psychiatrist. Um, so I supplied it to my current treating psychiatrist. And uh, that's kind of now off my plate because I was really never diagnosed as bipolar. Um, there is a mention of it, but there's no official diagnosis as being bipolar. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm loving that my nexus narrative is falling to pieces. It's so exciting. Um, so I just wanted to give you guys that update. And uh, like I said, I'm going to bring in my next guest is my best friend in the whole world. And you're going to hear some of our stories about firsthand experience from my next from another person's side of you. So I really hope you guys like this episode. Um, I really hope you like this interview. Check it out. All right, guys. So a little while ago, I put up a um, message on Instagram and I asked you guys who would like to hear an outsider perspective about my next, someone who knows my next firsthand and can share some stories with you. So um, I've shared actually a lot of stories about his first thing that I'm bringing on. Um, he's my best friend in the whole world. And uh, I, I told some stories about him, about you know, when I found out about my next, how I confided in him about my discovery about narcissism. Um, I told, you know, stories about how he used to say that I was like overly positive. Um, and he was thought I was disingenuous because I was annoying. I told a story about how he, you know, just recently for all intents and purposes saved my life and put me up in a hotel room for nine days. And I had an absolute blast with this guy. 
Um, I've known him for over 12 years. He's my best friend in the whole world. I want to introduce you guys to maybe your new best friend. This is Mo, everybody. Say hi to Mo and Mo say hi, hi to the podcast world. What up, though? <laughs> that's the that's the trademark. That's all you got. Man. That's the Come trademark. After, after that intro I give you, all you give me is what up, though. That's all. That's all I gotta give you, bro. I don't need any more. Come on, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I wanted to bring Mo on here because he and I have known each other for what twelve years. Is that what it is? Yeah, a good twelve years, bro. Like since since before two thousand and ten, because my oldest was born in two thousand and ten. So yeah. we're pushing, yeah. we're pushing and 13, bro. Him, wow. Yeah. Probably in like July, right? Something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. He and I have been through thick and thin together and he knew me prior to my next and he stuck with me this entire way. So I wanted to bring him on. I wanted to, you know, kind of for you guys to get a first hand experience from somebody's he's biased. Don't get me wrong. He's biased, but he lived it with me. So I just wanted to talk about some of this stuff with him. Um, Mo, the first thing I wanted to touch on is remember when, before I had met him, and I wanted to talk about this, you were so positive, it seemed disingenuous thing. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about that? Okay, so um, so before before Mac met the Nexorcist, um, he... Uh, Nexorcist. He, <laughs> he, um, he was... <laughs> It was, it was like, so, it was too sweet. Like, you know, you know, like that iced tea when, when it hurts the back of your teeth. Remember that? <laughs> so, um, we're going to tell a lot of incentives. We're going to drive people crazy. Like, he was too nice, bro. Like, it was like, man, like, why, why are you pretending? Like, what is this? Like, who, do, is there cameras behind the, the bushes? Like, trying to make sure that you look good for somebody? Like, I don't get it. it. It was too much. It was too much. And I was like, bro, I was like, you're too positive for me, man. Go go tell somebody to go fuck themselves or something, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, you know, I mentioned in the early podcast, I was just in a good point in my life. And I had a lot of childhood trauma that I hadn't healed from. So... You know, I like I went out and I started a bucket list and I wanted to go out and I wanted to help people and I wanted to connect with people and I wanted to get on a level with people where I wasn't afraid of, you know, making friends. And that's kind of how you and I got to be such good friends, you know. Well, well, if you remember our first interaction. (laughs) What at work? Yeah, our first interaction at work. Yeah. Go ahead, share it. When when uh, when we were. I think I was entering the bathroom. You were leaving the bathroom, and uh, I think you were just done taking a leak. And I was like, "Bro, I was like, go wash your hands, you dirty ass white boy." <laughs> that was that was our introduction. <laughs> and that was that was the introduction to our friendship. Exactly. So, um, and then uh, you and I got. And then uh, and then the song, the nerve. The song, the nerve, was something that that yeah, that we really uh, like that like. That's- I bl- I put it on you that you're the one that actually really made me a very eclectic when it comes to like some music choices, you know? Like I'm not, you know, I don't I don't really listen to music like crazy anymore, but like when I do, it's not just like strictly hip hop like it used to be for me. Yeah, yeah. You only listen to hip hop and then the song the nerve that he's talking about and, and if you guys follow me on Instagram, you know I do a song of the day. 
Um, the song The Nerve is by a band that I we both love, actually, but they kind of fell off. Uh, the, the more albums they got, they kind of fell off. But it was a band called Mute Math. And uh, Mute Math has a song called The Nerve. And it's all about, um, you know, just the nerve of, of people and how they act in the world. And it's such a great song. Maybe I will add. Song the, of the day, nominee. When this, when, this comes out, maybe not, when this episode comes out, maybe I'll make you your song of the day. Yeah, for but, sure. But uh, yeah, man, like we connected right off the bat. And, um, you know, I was going through some stuff. You were going through some stuff. And we were always there for each other. We worked together. We met at work. And, uh, you know, it's been a long lasting friendship ever since you know our families you know our kids play together um and you know things were good but you have come to uh to many of our birthday parties many of our birthday parties yeah birthday parties yeah yeah and plenty of us do you remember do you remember when i met the nexorcist yeah um uh, so how far was that before uh that was that was uh that was that was like what a couple months after your last breakup yeah, something like that. It might have been maybe like, I don't know, six months or something like that. All right. So um so I'm I'm kinda like Max Conscience, right? I'm always like, I don't know, man. Maybe you wanna think that twice. Uh maybe you wanna look at it from a different angle. So I remember him telling me, like, Oh, she's awesome. I met this girl, she's great, she's so hot, she's the hottest thing known to mankind. And <laughs> Yo, let me look in. I'm locking. Let, let me tell you, bro. Whenever, whenever Mac compliments somebody, he can like seriously. Like, you want this guy to introduce you at an award show, okay? Whenever he talks nice about somebody, he's got it off the cuff. It's not like he has to write this down. He just, he just does it, which is a good. It's a good quality. It's a great quality. But, um, but yeah, build you up not for nothing. Yeah, you know, well, yeah, I'm your biggest hype man. Don't that, you lie. That wasn't that wasn't what you call it, man. That that that's not a hyper hyperbole. That's that's honesty. <laughs> Thank you. Well, yeah, I'll take that compliment. That's not bad. No, you were saying you're my biggest hype <laughs> man. I never mind. Said it again. I said you were saying I'm your big. Yeah, you're my biggest hype man. I was like, yeah, but that's not hyperbole. That's honesty. You're telling the truth about me. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so anyway, okay. So yeah. I met her and I hyped her up to you. Mm -hmm. And then like there were like kind of immediate red flags. And I, I don't know if you remember this story. We were talking offline and you said you don't remember too much. But um, we were in some sort of argument relatively quickly. She and I were. And um, you and I, this is like the early days of FaceTime. And you and I were on the phone and she wanted to come to my apartment because she suspected that I was cheating on her or something. And she was like banging on my door. Do you remember this? I believe so. And she hid. She, 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 you and I were on the phone and I'm like, this girl is like banging on my door. And I'm like, hold on. And then she's outside and she's like, is there somebody in here? I'm like, what is wrong with you? I'm like, there's nobody here. She's like, let me come in. I'm like, you can come in. I was like, but there's nobody here. And uh, I was just scared of her. But I don't know what happened. One thing led to another. And I remember when we were standing outside of my apartment, she hid her phone under wood chips in front of my apartment to record us or something. And we were like yelling at each other. This is early on in the relationship. Yeah. 
And she like knocked Alina. over the wood chips, scooped up her phone, and ran away. Oh, she's she was and a psychopath from Jump Street, man. This is the thing. Okay, so uh, so we talk about this a lot off the air, me and you specifically, about how these red flags were up in front of your face, waving and yelling at you, right? And I'm like, bro, you see those red flags? You're like, what red flags? I don't see red flags. I see nice, beautiful rainbows everywhere. Everything is cool. <laughs> so, I mean, they yeah. always say they always say on Instagram, you try and dye the red flags green. Yeah, I, I never heard that uh, that saying, but yes, I could see how that fits. Absolutely, man. I mean, that that right there, and you, this was what, 90, like a month, couple months maybe in? Maybe. Mm-hmm. In? Bro, I mean, it, like she is absolutely insane. And this is the thing, like this isn't, this isn't, this wasn't the first time, right? Because I think she actually did some things before this. And this sure as hell wasn't the last time. Like she habitually just stepped on that line. She she's a habitual line stepper to take a line from Charlie Murphy. You're like habitual. <laughs> I always love when you call her the habitual line stepper. Cause that's well, what she does. Like when... It's 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 she's insane, bro. She has been insane. I mean, okay, like go from there, but then from jump street, she was trying to put some kind of rift between me and you. Right. From Talk the about beginning. That a little bit. Well, I, I, I remember it, but I don't remember all the points, right? But this is the thing. I remember you telling me that she tried to message me on Facebook or something like that about something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what it was. I talked about this. I, t- I talked about this in one of the earlier podcasts. So she messaged you. I believe it was about what to get me for my birth. Quote, unquote, she messaged me. Quote, unquote. This is her quote that she messaged me on Facebook about about or, or or texted me or whatever about what to get you for something i like i don't even know the no, the point and you called me it's like bro what's you know this girl is saying that uh she messaged you but you didn't get back to her and i was like nobody messaged me what are you talking about he's like she's telling me this and me i'm, I'm a bit of a tech nerd and i know how to this was before screenshotting was the thing right so i would mm-hmm. I took a screenshot. I was like, bro, look, nothing, you know, nothing. There's no evidence at all of it. So this was her just trying to push me out. That way she can take full control. This is this is one thing that she could never really do is completely push me out, because if if she pushed me out, that that's it. You, you just had her. So she she this was her first try. And this was very early on. This was within the first year. Of you guys being too. Oh, easily. Because we, yeah, man, because we met in um, a little bit after Thanksgiving, like November of, what year was that? 2012, I'd say. And then um, my birthday is at the end of January. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was at, yeah, it was within a month or two. And uh, uh, saying that she messaged you to get me a birthday present. And then I went back to her and I said, why did you tell me that you messaged him and he screenshotted and sent me that you didn't message him and i believe the excuse was like oh i did but like i didn't i like i didn't press the send button so it didn't go through or like you know how their lives work like it's just this like and you just listen to it and you go man there's no way that could have happened yeah there's no way the thing is and and, and she would just hold on so tightly to whatever she said and and then the minute you catch her then she'll be like oh no wait it was actually like this 
I mean, now right. she doesn't even try that. Now she just holds on so tight to it. Like, no, it uh, it obviously uh, we, is happening. Oh, <laughs> uh, we we had to laugh. We're gonna well at the twenty of this podcast. We're gonna tell you something that she did this week. Oh my that god, is so funny! It's so disturbingly funny. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Oh my god! So, yeah, like right out of Jump Street, right? Like right out of jump street she tried to put a wedge between you with my family with you know other friends with people at work she did that right from the jump yeah um and can you remember any other stories i mean i don't embarrass me no no (laughs) but like okay so stories were so as you would uh as as you would uh, as you would constantly say like you know her mom with uh the cigarette stained fingers right she would she's she she'd smoke like forget about it. she was a chimney you know anytime i met her she'd be like hi mo how are you she's march 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 simpson sisters uh, look at that guy over here how is he? who is this hi give me a hug sweetie give me a hug you know like that <laughs> so <laughs> So, um, so she would, um, you know, she'd smoke up and, and I like to smoke hookah. So before she, who shall not be named joined Max life, I would bring the hookah over and we'd listen to music and smoke some hookah and just chill. He would put, uh, we drink tea with the Cinnabon creamer in it. It was banging. And, uh, and, uh, and, and the thing is, it's, uh, once, once she came into Max life, it was like, oh no, I don't want him to bring the hookah over. And it's like, but you're mom's here smoking all the time yeah constantly yeah and i would i would come up with eight million different ways like i look i smoke outside uh and i and 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 i'd be like yo why is she making such a big deal out of it and your your response is like i don't know bro i don't know just i just don't want listen i just want things to go smoothly i don't want things to go harder harder than what they are already you know just whatever it's not a big deal so so whatever i i you know i accepted it for what it was at that point but you know right like that's clear like why like your mom is literally smoking a cigarette in front of you telling me that i can't bring my hookah how does that make any sense at all um and it wasn't like it wasn't like i was like you know uh an avid smoker i smoked with you i smoked good to just i mean i know a lot of people now who smoke hookah they'll go out to like a hookah lounge or something like that and it's not like there's they even smoke cigarettes or they smoke anything but they go out to a hookah lounge and they go and they relax meanwhile her mother is in front of her smoking three packs a day and i can't you know smoke a little bit to relax exactly right exactly especially with mm-hmm. uh with all the undue stress that <laughs> that she was putting on your life that she was putting on me yeah but exactly she didn't want me having any uh coping coping mechanisms I remember another conversation, you know, you're jogging my memory of um, pillow talk. <laughs> I'm talking about our pillow talk on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I remember one time she said to me, um, she said, if there's one thing that you could tell me uh, that I need to do for you in a relationship, what would it be? And my response was, don't ever tell me you love me if you don't. That was my response to her. And her response to me, I asked her the same question back, and her response to me was, don't ever lie to me. Wow. Okay. I mean, uh, why? Like, how did you lie to her? Like, that's like- Because, you know what? By her saying, don't ever lie to me, Mm -hmm. was like, if Mo was coming over and we were going to smoke, or if, you know, we were going out to dinner or something, or whatever it was, 
she wanted me to have this constant walking on eggshells type thing where even if like I could do something that was like, even if it was like maybe like a little white lie or something, she wanted me to feel guilty about it or like I'd be afraid of talking about things that she would do to me to other people. Just even if like I knew like it could never get back to her. I wouldn't want to talk to other people or you or anybody about shit that we would do or things that would happen because I was afraid of her finding out and then getting like crucified for it. The thing is, is like, why do you want to be in a relationship with someone like this? Right. Why do you want to be in a relationship with someone you fear of someone of someone you, you know, that you're so afraid of is going to hurt you uh, in so many ways? It's like, bro, it's like, man, take a walk. Like, nobody cares. Nobody cares. All right. You want to be mad? Be mad by yourself. Go. Go to the bathroom. Be mad by yourself. All right. You and all the shit stains in the toilet. Well, because you're all in the same level. (laughs) (laughs) But the funny thing is, is like. This is coming, and don't take this the wrong way, yeah, yeah. but this is coming from somebody who has a very healthy marriage. You mm-hmm. have a very healthy marriage with your wife. You have four beautiful children. And the interesting thing about this whole narcissism thing for our friendship is we're going through this together. You and I literally are learning about this. You know, you're learning it through me and I'm learning it through my own personal experience. Mm-hmm. But like we literally are going through this together and going, wow, like look at how narcissism works is wild. Well, let, let's, you know, I mean, how many times has my wife said it's not your it's not your divorce? <laughs> well, we're going to get you know? to that stuff later. Um, his wife, yeah, his his wife has gotten pissed off with me with. In those early days of detox, but we're gonna get to those stories in a bit. I mean, I mean, um, look, my wife, so my my wife too. Um, you know, I always say, I always say this about my wife. I say my wife has good insight. Like she could meet a person, amazing, right away, and be like, "There's something off." And with with Mac, whenever she met him, she was like, "He's weird, but I like him." You know, like <laughs> you know, he's he's weird, he's quirky. You know, like he's good. So that's good. But then whenever whenever uh, my wife met her, met his next. She was like, there's something off. There's something wrong here. And um, and it, it's very clear that there was something very, very, very wrong. Very wrong. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I mean, we could we could keep going with stories on things like um, so. So I'm I'm blind. Right. I'm partially blind. And, um, and my wife is totally blind and my wife has a seeing eye dog. Okay. So, oh, I hate this story. I'm so embarrassed by this story. Uh, so we, you know, you know, I used to live in the same state that Mac lives in. I don't live there no more. Um, but whenever we would want to come over as a family, we were like, Hey, you know, we want to bring the dog and this was after i left so i'd only i'd come visit with my family right this is after i left seeing eye dog the seeing yeah the eye seeing dog. eye dog we want to bring the guide dog um and 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 mac would be like oh i gotta go talk to you know so and so and it's like why do you gotta talk to her it's like you guys have a dog you know what i mean it's like what do you mean you have a dog why wouldn't i why can't this dog come and the next would be like Oh, well, you know, the kids have a, a dog care allergy. I'm like, you have a dog. <laughs> Does this make any sense? Yeah, well, they're allergic to the, 
they're allergic to the saliva or they're allergic to the pet hair or whatever. And she would say that the dog, our dog, our family dog was hypoallergenic. And she would say when you would bring the seeing eye dog around that, you know, it would shed and oh my God, it would take forever to get the dog hair out of the house. Granted, and, not not her parents' dogs though. Not her parents' no, dogs. No, no. Just no. just as as, just our dog. That's it. No yeah. no yeah. uh no 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 Nexus's dogs. You know what I mean? No, no Voldemort dogs. You know, they're okay. <laughs> it's just <laughs> just just our dogs. You know, our dogs are 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 you know our our seeing eye dog. The one dog that actually has a purpose, right? The one dog right. that actually has a use that you know, store owners can't tell you you can't come in with this dog. Ubers can't tell you you can't come in with this dog. But no, no, no. This this next who has to exert control over every little detail in everybody's life has to control everything. So, of course, at the end of the day, I'm like, all right, bro, don't worry about it. And my wife, my wife being, you know. Hold on. So, <laughs> oh, but like what you're 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 being nice because what happened was mm -hmm. is I had to come to you. Yeah, yeah. And I had to be like. You can't bring your eyes essentially yeah. to my house yes. because she says the dog hair. And you're like, Mac, are you fucking kidding me? And I'm like, dude, she's right. And I, I hated that. I hated having to come back to the people that I loved knowing that she was wrong. But I had to, you know, this is my wife. And I had to be like, no, you can't bring your seeing eye dog here. And the guilt that I felt having to insist that you could not bring the dog i'm so remorseful and, and we talked about that all and the thing is and, and i mean look it is what it is you know you were going through some shit and that's it you know what what can we do about it it's not like i'm holding it against you i know she was the reason i mean and it's not like mac has any issues with my wife or with the seeing eye dog i mean uh, uh, Mac, literally, this is my wife's second seeing eye dog. When my wife's first seeing eye dog had to constantly go to the like the animal hospital, um, Mac would go pick her up, which was like a 40-minute drive one way, then take her to New York City where the animal hospital was because if the seeing eye dog, they treated them for free there, which was an hour or something drive that way, then drive back to drop her off, which was another hour something drive, then drive home, okay? So it's not like, and this is, this is how tight we were. This is how close we were and are, right? This isn't like, oh, you know, this is my friend. Oh, this is my buddy. It's like, no, no. I would tell him on a constant basis, like, bro, you're my brother. Right, exactly. You're my brother. Right, right. Like, we, we never, we never, we did shit. Like, you know, you've done so much for me, and I talk about all the stuff that you've done for me on this podcast. Like, um, I'm glad that the listeners finally get to hear the guy who has you know contributed so much to my life but like that's it man you were my brother and like we did those kind of things for each other and she knew that you were my biggest alliance i guess you can call it mm -hmm. or whatever but she wanted that relationship severed yeah because she couldn't control me that was number one she could not influence me right she couldn't triangulate that's the term right yeah, baby. Okay. So she couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't triangulate me you against you. Grasshopper. Oh, there you go, right? Thanks a lot, Mr. Miyagi. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so she couldn't she couldn't triangulate me against you, right? I, I wouldn't fall for her bullshit. I would constantly call her out. You would constantly defend her because you were brainwashed under the cult by uh, uh, the crazy dude in the ugly sneakers. You know what I mean? 
<laughs> you know the heaven's gate guy i don't know what his name is no no the heaven's gate guy that's her she's the heaven's gate guy um <laughs> you know the dude with the white white hair you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah that documentary with, oh it's crazy gnarly so uh, she was like oh this is great don't you love this this is based on a real life story my life it is, it is. it's a cult um it's a cult when you were well when you were talking about the guy in the white sneakers i thought you were talking about her dad bro talk a little bit you they are mom they started talking about the smoking and stuff talk a little bit more about her family they are some of the most racist people so look, okay, so look. So um so I was over for Thanksgiving dinner, right? I came because I I I'm I run a nonprofit oh, I organization. About this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I run a nonprofit organization and I don't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. I don't celebrate. But I run a nonprofit. I was in town for an event I was doing and I was like, yo, I was like, I'm gonna come over for dinner. You cool with that? And of course he had to convince convince the Nexorcist that um that uh, that I can, you know, that I can come, right? He had to convince her for me to go. So I'm sitting there and I go. He finally gets the okay and I go. And I'm sitting there between his dad, her dad, her mom, uh, his, uh, 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 I don't know, stepmom and uh, her brother. And uh, her brother was there, right? I think, I think it was there. Yeah, probably, but he probably didn't talk to you. Anyway, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I and I don't care. Like I'll talk to anybody. You know, I'll start the conversation. I'm like, hey, what's you going have, on? Those are the most unpersonal people you'll ever. Absolutely, meet. absolutely. So, I forgot what, how it led up to this, but he was like, I was like, I was like, yeah, man, you know, holidays or something. He's like, hey, her dad was like, yeah, like Martin Luther King Jr. Day. What's he ever done for me? I was like. What's Oh my god! I was like, you said that? Yeah, I was like, yo, I was like, wow, bro, you're racist as hell. <laughs> like, Holy shit! Like he's like, yeah, like Martin Luther King Jr. Day. What's he ever done for me? I was like, wow, bro. I was like, so, wow. how about them Yankees? Like, you know, <laughs> holy fuck! Yeah, I man, forgot about that. Like, so racist like beyond racist right it's it's incredible it's incredible how um the lack of empathy the lack know. of accountability the lack of remorse uh, nothing there's no there the lights are on but nobody's home it's 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 as if uh there's nothing else in the world that matters except for them like they're the yeah. crown jewel of their town yeah you know, I call Pleasantville, the royal family of Pleasantville. Which in reality, I mean, how much of a crown jewel are you if you're the crown jewel of a toilet bowl? You know what I'm saying? Let's, let's be real here. I've been sticking, I've been sticking to these shit analogies a lot in this one. <laughs> Very apropos. I mean, listen, we could go with it. I have no problem. Yeah, like, so... I would say, though, but, like, these stories, right, about the dog and about the birthday. Oh, and going back to the birthday and her texting you about the birthday. So do you remember that you were fucking pissed and you were like, I'm unfriending her. You know, you did the very 
21st century thing of I'm unfriending her and blah, blah. And then do you remember the sale job that I had to do? On so you? that I can so friend like, her back. Yeah. So I can friend her back. Friend her back. Yeah. yeah. And I was because like, she was pissed. I was like, I'm done. Yeah. I was like, I'm done. I was like, I don't like that. I was like, I don't lie about people. Don't lie about me. Don't, don't start saying you did something when you did nothing. Don't do that. I hate that. I was like, be genuine with me. Even if you're an asshole, I don't care. Be that genuine asshole with me. And at the very least, I'll respect you. At the very least, I'll respect you. But if you're going to come up to me, lie about me, and then, and I was like, you know what? F this. I don't need to deal with her. I don't got her number in my phone at that point. Uh, you know, I don't need this. So gone. Peace out. I don't need to guys. I don't got to see your stupid uh, posts about, you know, how pretty your dog is and, you know, your dumb family and your whack ass mom and shit. Um, I don't need to see that. So, uh, so I unfriended her and then Matt came back to me. He's like, bro, please look, you know, uh, please do this. Then it for me. He's like, not even for her, for me, just do it for me. And Oh, wow. I totally forgot about that until you just mentioned that right now. The sell job on yeah. friending her back. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whatever, bro. Okay. Like, here. I was like, oh, it would make my life easier because she's bitching at me. And how is this relationship going to last if your best friend doesn't even like me? I'm like, look, you're fucking fault. He doesn't like you. You started it. You did that. Nobody did that. But yo, like, I don't get this. It's like, it's like. Uh, uh, you lit the match, you threw it on the, on the dry wood, and you're like, God, why is there a fire there? It's like, come on, bro. What, what are we talking about? Dude, there was this great thing that, there was this great thing I saw on Instagram earlier this week, and it was like a meme of a guy riding a bicycle down the street, Mm -hmm. and then he sticks, uh, he sticks a a twig inside the, um, the wheel Mm -hmm. on the bicycle, Mm -hmm. and the bicycle crashes. And he's like, who put that fucking stick there? Yeah, like, exactly. She does. Exactly. That's exactly what she does. She 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 creates scenarios where she's the victim and then is mad at everyone that, that she's the victim. Yeah. It's the it's the dumbest oh. thing ever. Like it makes no sense. And and I mean all right, let's go, let's go back, right? So this is around that time. So so uh let's fast forward some, right? And let's talk about whenever uh, you were t- talking to me about popping the question. And I would tell you, I was like, bro, I was like, you guys have been fighting and arguing and having issues ever since you guys got together. Why do you want to marry that? Why do you want to put a ring on that finger? And like I said. your your reply is, is, listen, man, I invested time in this already. This will make things better. That was your That was your go-to. That this is going to make things better. You know what I mean? If I do this, and I mean, this is, I mean, based off of all your other episodes and all the other people I've heard and, you know, you know, being around you and with you all this time, that seems to be the go-to uh, abused reaction, right? Like, if I do this, this will make this better. If this happens, then then maybe finally I'll get the attention I'm asking for. Or then maybe finally I won't get told to, you know, fuck off when I want a hug or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, and I was like, bro, why? I was like, you don't need to do this. I was like, there's, there's, there's plenty of fish in the sea, bro. Literally, at that point, plenty of fish was popping. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I probably said, like, the, the fucking pools or the lake was polluted or something. You know what I mean? Polluted. And it's, it's you know, you, I kind of remember... 
that a little differently. And she hates this story. But I do remember saying to you too, like, like I remember saying to you, like, yeah, there's a lot of red flags, but I don't want to lose her. And I said something along the lines of like, I have, I don't know if I said I have nothing better to do or like, I don't know what I said. Like, I, you know, like I don't have a better option than this. And I was worried. I said in these episodes, like I was worried my biological clock was ticking and I wanted a family. I think I was 29 or 30 at the time and which is not old for your biological clock to be ticking, but everywhere around you on Facebook and everything is getting married and having kids. And here I am. I wasn't, I wasn't helping pretty much asshole. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't helping. I mean, I had three kids at that point. When, when did you get, when yeah. did, when did you get married? 20 what? No, you didn't have three kids. You probably had two kids at that time. Yeah. Then about two kids, but whatever. that's, that's enough. Right? Like, like yeah. I, it's like, enough to see, you know, your best friend yeah. who, you know, what, we're six months apart in need. Yeah, yeah. And like. Who you would uh, come over my house and play with my kids and they loved you, loved right. you, love you. They love you. You know what I mean? I mean, they haven't seen you in, in forever because I moved here and all that stuff. But, you know, they love you. They every time, you know, every time my oldest would see you, you would be so happy and go play with and you would slam him and. It would just be good. So, you know, wrestling, you, you know, wanted yeah. to have this for yourself, which is understandable, right? But, but yeah. you know, you don't want to have this with, with Skeletor, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, an evil genius. Nobody <laughs> wants, who wants to have kids with, uh, you know, with the succubus? Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. And, like, see, that's the thing is that it wasn't long before, like, you and I would have these talks mm -hmm. and you would give your opinion and you're my closest confidant and I would be like I know how you think and I know how you feel and I feel like by coming to you and telling you the problems but staying in it I felt like I was kind of like betraying you in a way or like I was like what's the point what's the point of coming to you to vet anymore and yeah, eventually, good. we did start distancing a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, after that, then, uh, you know, and then the whole, all the drama about, you know, your wedding with the bridal shower. And, oh, God, it's, she's so pathetic, bro. Like, she is so pathetic. You know what I mean? I mean, the fact that she couldn't hold a friend for longer than a year. Speaks volume. Yeah. Speaks volume. This is something I've never talked about on the podcast. You were the best man at my wedding. Yep. And uh, remember, I had my young friend. Yep. And uh, she, so I couldn't have more friends at my wedding, obviously, than she had bridesmaids. Because she had no, so she had no I friends. Have, she only had like, she had two bridesmaids. So one of her friends was like, uh, one of her bridesmaids was a childhood friend. And then her other bridesmaid, was a friend she she uh, like, someone she met round about the way yeah yeah like she was nobody to her. yeah and absolutely nobody okay probably knowed her for like a year probably knew her at max at max best. at best so i never told the story on the podcast so that girl um uh, you me and the other guy had a bachelor party right and we yeah. went out we shot guns and we went on a boat and it was fucking awesome yeah we had a great but time she did not get a bachelorette party and i came home from my bachelor party and she was pissed 
And so I called that girl and I said, hey, you know, she's upset that she didn't have a bachelorette party. And this girl says to me, she goes, Mac, she goes, listen, she has been nothing but a bridezilla and a pain in the ass to me. She said, I'm going to be at your wedding. I'm going to stand up there. I'm going to smile and I'm going to take the pictures. But when your wedding is over, I'm out. Like, did does anything else need to be said at that point? Seriously. No, dude. Yeah, she like pissed because she's like, she acts like I do nothing for her. Now she's mm-hmm. saying I want a bachelorette party, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And she said, I'm out. And they, they did not remain friends. You know, they're Facebook friends, but they were in the but wedding. That's it. And that's that's where she Facebook. lives her life on Facebook. Yeah. That's her life. Oh, yeah. Right there. Like, she can't wait for the metaverse to really pop off. Can't wait because her real life is so shitty. She has to go live in the virtual world because that's where she can, you know, take all the right pictures and force everyone to smile. You know that, right, Mac? How many, how many forced smiles have you had on, uh, on Facebook? Man, that's kind of why I feel bad for the new guy because I'm sure she's going to make him, you know, smile. My son hates taking pictures, hates it. Because of pissed off when I take pictures now. Because of that. Because of that, bro. That's that's what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. Imagine when he's 16. (laughs) Like, hopefully, hopefully he's fucking way over her. Yeah, he'll. So anyway, yeah, man. Like we we started distancing a little bit. We did after uh, after um, your wedding. After your wedding. uh, That's I think that's when it really really started. After your wedding is whenever we started um, not being so tight like that anymore. We were still, we were still tight. Well, yes, we were still cool. You would you would still come hang yeah, out yeah, at my house at least once or twice a month. We would you know we'd always be on the phone with each other. But the big the big the big shift happened after I moved. Really, that I think was the uh, yeah because that's when she capitalized on it. Right, he moved. Yeah, yeah. Well, you moved. I had kids. And then anytime you ever wanted to come back and we go out to dinner, because you live in Texas, I live in New Jersey. So when you would come back, you know, I would have to like, oh, you know, Mo's coming home. You know, can I, can I hang out with Mo? And like, it was almost like asking your, bro. it's like asking a parole officer, bro. Or your your mom and dad. That was her role. She was your parole officer. You got to check in with her all the time. You got to ask her permission (laughs) to do something. It's, but it's not, that's not a relationship. You know what I mean? And then we would go out or I would come over and I'd play with your kids and your kids loved me. That's the thing, right? It's not like, you know, it's yeah. not like nobody liked me. Your your kids loved me. I would always play with your kids. I mean, your daughter would be afraid of me at first, but then after, you know, a while, she'd be all right. Your son always loved me. She was like one or two. Yeah, yeah. Your son yeah. always would play with me and we'd chase and wrestle and tickle and all that stuff. And it's, it's good because yeah. I, I got four kids. I know how to play with kids. You know what I mean? And, um, and she would just be, you know, and she would put on her face and then I'm sure as soon as I would leave, the shit talking would start, you know? Well, so then, yeah, so we had the kids and let's fast forward a little bit into the last year Mm -hmm. of this whole situation. So I came to you uh, a little over a year ago and I started telling you that I mentioned on the episode with Regina, Pain to Power that I was looking at real estate in Merrill's Inlet, uh, South Carolina. 
and we wanted to move to South Carolina. I admit I was trying to put some distance between her and her family. Yeah, yeah, um, of and course. Me and her family. And, 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 and her family. And I was fully behind you there, bro. I was like, yes, do it. Go. Because because I know the influence that her family has on your relationship and on you. And the way I see it is because, because um, you know, between me and my wife, we one reason why we left New Jersey was because our families are there. And the people that get in between a wife and a husband the most is the family, okay? Even if your family's great, they're gonna, they're always gonna get in between somewhere. So we were like, you know what? Let's move somewhere where we don't have family like that. And I'm not gonna lie to you, like mm -hmm. our relationship only got stronger when we took that variable out of the equation. You know what I'm saying? Your wife knew, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My wife and I's relationship yeah. got only got stronger when we took that variable out of the equation. Right. Yeah, well, so I even pitched, I remember it was Christmas uh, a year ago, and I pitched it to her family, and her dad was like, yeah, I'll go to South Carolina. I was like, what? And then her mom wouldn't, and then uh, it all fell apart, and, and we didn't end up doing it. The reason that I wanted to go to South Carolina, a big reason, was the cost of living in New Jersey um, is so much more than South Carolina. Mm -hmm. What I could get for, say, $200,000 a year was far better in south carolina yes so absolutely how um, many how many times next the whole idea how many times did i tell you about that that that's a big reason why i moved to texas was because of right. the cost of living you know like i said i'm running a non-profit organization in new jersey which is one of the most expensive states uh in the country you know and i'm paying 500 dollars uh in rent more than i'm paying for a mortgage year that i was paying in new jersey like it's ridiculous for so that's much insane. more space so, uh, so yeah, I was, I was fully behind you, but of course, of course, because the family isn't into it. You have to, uh, you have to capitulate. You have to just uh -huh. bow down to the queen and do whatever she says, because if you don't forget about it, you would never hear the end of it. So then so you told me, so then, okay, wait, 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 God, what did I think about what? <laughs> so then what did you think uh -huh. when I came to you? And said, we're looking at houses in Pleasantville. Bro. <laughs> oh, my God. What? Okay, so what I told you was, I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> because I knew that's what she wanted. Like, you were living how far from Pleasantville before that? About 20 minutes. You were living like 20 minutes away. So even even that little bit of distance was good enough because even though you had, what, Sunday pizza every freaking Sunday? Friday. For Friday, Friday pizza, whatever. At least they weren't there like they're there, right? At least you weren't in the... You were, you were around the penitentiary, but you weren't inside, you know, uh, cell block C. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Because that was the thing, too. And <laughs> that was the thing, too, is that we would always go to Pleasantville, but they would never leave Pleasantville. Mm -hmm. And she was so attached to her family, like, we would go to them, but they would never come to us. And I was like, don't you notice that? Mm -hmm. It's like, they won't go the literal extra mile for you. But like, you'll go the extra mile for them. But then it became that, like, well, let's just eliminate the extra mile and Bro, let's live in Pleasant. And, and and then keep in mind, I would take Uber 
from where I lived, which was a good 40 minutes from where you lived to your house, to your, your, your place before Pleasantville. And then it was so off the map, you would literally have to drive me 10 minutes into town just for Uber to just to Uber be just for Uber to be available. Yeah. So I would go that extra mile, but her own parents yep. wouldn't go that extra mile to see their grandkids. Yeah. This is like the the obsessiveness <laughs> that she has with her parents, especially her father is sick. It is literally sick and like like she has like an Oedipal complex. Like, dead ass. Like, she wants to sleep with her dad. She definitely does. As disgusting as that sounds, she wants to do that. Because it was all about her dad. You told the Father's Day story. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I mean, for you. Yeah, the Father's Day story was, the Father's Day story was, um, well, for her Mother's Day, I took her for a massage and I got her roses. You, you, did, the, you did the whole nine and then some, right? You did everything and then some. For 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 your Father's Day, it was nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't care about Father's Day or Mother's Day. We don't do that in my household. But for you, it matters. For her, it matters. Right. So since and it, it matters, and it was your first one, it matters to you. You were looking forward to this. Like, I could remember you telling me how excited you were for this. And it's all about her dad. Not about you. Not about the father of her child. Right? Her dad. That's mm -hmm. all that mattered that day. And then, and then you were almost 40 of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he had almost 40 of them and I never had one. Exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. So then, so yeah, so I was like, okay, you know, sure. Great. Cause that you've, you've heard my objections just like you said. Right. And it, it, it got to a point to where I was like, what am I going to say to this guy? He's never going to see it. There's nothing I could say to him to wake him up from this fever dream, which he calls his life. Right. So uh, so that's it. Um, I, I don't want this. Is the thing, right? This was at a point to where we weren't talking like we used to talk. You know what I mean? We really weren't talking. Yes, we still talked, but it went from every every day, every other day to like once every couple of weeks, once every few weeks we would talk. Yeah. And um, and you told me this, and and I told you that, but in my head I was like, um, so um, so, but I was thinking, bro, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on? What do you mean you're gonna buy a house in the seventh circle of hell? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, what, what, what are you talking about? Why would you buy a house there? All you do is tell me how much you hate that town. And then you were telling me, you were telling me, uh, I remember this happened, um, you were telling me this after, after you already bought the house. You're like, no, because the school district is so great here, she keeps telling me that. I was like, of course it's going to tell you that. Have you done the research on the school district? No, of course not. You just took her word. Everything was her word. Her word uh, uh, was the gospel truth, right? Like, at least to her it was. And a good amount for you. Why? Because you, you in your head was, okay. This has got to be the final piece to the puzzle, right? I bought that. Yeah. If I, I can't make it work here, I couldn't make it work anywhere. I gave her the kids. I bought her the house. Like, this has got to be it. And as expected, it wasn't enough. It's never enough. Yeah. She is the bottomless pit. You know what I mean? Like, you, you just can't do it, yeah. so... 
Yeah, man. I was, I remember you coming over to the house. I remember mm-hmm. you coming over to the house when we bought it and it was in such disarray and we were fixing up the kitchen and everything. And I remember trying, like walking you around and then being like, oh yeah, there's the big forest in the back and we're going to build a tree house. No, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. This is going to be great. And I was trying to convince you of something that I wanted to believe. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, 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 is I, you know, like I said, it's like, what was I going to tell you? I couldn't tell you anything. There was any time I would object, you would be like, bro, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Because you knew, you knew what I knew, right? You knew what was true, but you wanted to live in this time. You wanted to try to make it work. No matter what reality was, yeah. Like, I don't want, you know, I don't want my kids to go through, you don't want your kids to go through what you went through growing up, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you want to have a cohesive household. And you were literally willing to sacrifice everything and anything for that, even your own sanity. But that's that's really where the boiling point came. You know what I mean? Yeah, so... Do you remember um, when I came back from, so I shared on a, on a, on a previous podcast that we had gone to um, this Halloween event and um, we went to, it was like a carnival mixed with like a pumpkin patch. And there was a young kid who was throwing a temper tantrum at this pumpkin patch. And uh, he called his mom a bad mom. And what happened was, is that I was watching the mother discipline the kid and say, you know, I got your cotton candy and I got your hot dogs and you're here with your friends and you rode all the rides. A bad mom doesn't bring you here. And I can remember looking around at the people around me and um, I was just thinking like, you know, we were all giving ourselves this nod of approval to each other because we were all in agreement that this woman was disciplining her kid really good. She wasn't hitting him or smacking him or like screaming. She was just like, don't call me a bad mom. And here's all the reasons why I'm not a bad mom. And my next was at the eye level of my kids. And she looks up at me and she's like, what do you think of this? And I'm like, I think she's handling it really well. And she's like, I'm not a bad mom. And I'm like, I didn't say you were a bad mom. I just said she was handling it really well. And she's like, okay, you need to calm down. And I'm like, what do you mean calm down? I just said she's handling this well. And she's like, please don't scream at me. I'm like, I'm not screaming at you. What are you talking about? And then she scoops up the kids and runs away. Like like you're threatening her or something. Like you're I said the mom handled it well. Yeah. And that's so that's really what started this whole situation. Journey. Yeah. Yeah. And that's- so I came home and I started researching gaslighting and uh I came to you with what I had found mm-hmm. and your wife had experience mm-hmm. with narcissistic abuse growing up from her caregivers. Yeah. And she began telling me the stories about, you know, her caregivers and it validated the gaslighting and the triangulation mm-hmm. and the push and pulls, trauma bonds and love bombing. Mm-hmm. And you hadn't, I mean, you knew the experience through your wife, but you didn't know the terminology or like the systematic approach yeah. of narcissism. No, I just knew she was a crazy bitch. Yeah, that's what I knew. That was that was the that was the scientific term I used. You know, 
Yo, that bitch, bitch, she was crazy. Yo, yo, fuck that bitch. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> like that's, that's, so, that so was what did you tell me to do? When I decided about gaslighting, what was it that you told me to start doing? I told you, I said, bro, I was like, she is out of her mind. You need to start recording every single interaction with her. Every single one, right? And at first you're like, I don't know. You know, I don't know about the laws. And I was like, bro, trust me. And I told you an experience I had at work whenever at my last job that I got fired from before I started my nonprofit, that they were doing some shady stuff. And I recorded every time I went had a meeting with them, I recorded it because um, many states are called one party states, meaning that if you're in a conversation with people, at least one of those parties needs to know that you're recording. If you're in that conversation, you know you're recording. It's perfectly legal. So I was like, bro, you got to do this. You have to record every single interaction because you know, you know she's going to do something. You know it. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it was, so, uh, uh, and, and where are you going? We were, I was saying, I was like, bro, this, this can't, this can't continue. Like you can't keep living like this. And, and we're the ones that, that put the, the thought of divorce in your head. You know what I mean? Like, that's how it really started. Like, I mean, you probably were thinking about it before, but, but your biggest worry was, I don't want to rip my family apart. I don't want to traumatize my children. But the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the truth is, is we were looking at it as if she was normal enough to be, uh, reasonable, right? Boy, boy, yeah, totally wrong. But uh, let's, yeah, let's tell the joke about the very first recording that nobody's heard here because it's an, it's kind of an inside joke with you and I. Oh my um, God. And we find it so funny. And we constantly refer to it and we probably will refer to it 30 years from now. Like it's we so will. Funny. So on the very first recording that I have of my ex is a phone call that she calls me from work. Okay. It's begging me to go to couples counseling. Absolutely begging me. Yeah, because uh... I am very adamant in the in the call that I will go to counseling, but I will not go to couples counseling. And she freaks out on me <laughs> and she starts screaming at me. And I say, I can hear your anger rising right now mm-hmm. and you need to calm down. Mm-hmm. And what does she say, Bob? She says, no, no, I'm just eating a sandwich. I just took a bite out of a sandwich. That's not me being angry. That's me taking a bite of a sandwich. <laughs> so, so in the history of time, what in the history of time has anybody ever confused anger with yeah. Exactly. It's like, okay, that world leader just declared war. And it's like, no, no, no. I just took a bite out of a Subway sandwich. That's all. <laughs> no no i'm just eating a sandwich oh i fucking hate not i have it i'm recording oh my god no <laughs> no, so, no i'm just i'm just eating a sandwich i continued recording oh my god, oh my god. i recorded her for weeks wait 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 weeks hold on hold on we gotta we gotta go back to that phone call hold on we gotta go back to that phone call because th- that was actually something that was a catalyst for you to finally decide to like pull the trigger on divorce stuff because
She wanted she wanted couples therapy. You are saying, no, I want to go to therapy. Since you're saying I have all these issues, right? I want to go to therapy yeah. so I can work on myself. I think mm -hmm. once I work on myself, and you can go to your own therapist, and we can go that way because you're – the whole point was is that she constantly played your therapist against you. So Yeah, I knew it now. Now I knew what she was in yeah. justice and I knew that's what she was trying and, to do. And that was the test with that phone call. Like we talked about it. It's like it's like, bro, like we will see how she replies. Even though me and my wife called it, like she won't go for it. She won't go for it. And you're like, I you you being someone who just wanted to have this family work no matter what. Uh, which is fine. I get it. Like, why wouldn't you want to fight for your family under normal circumstances? Who doesn't want to fight for their family? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, it's like, no, no, let's just see how she replies. And it was just nothing but no, no, we have to go to therapy together. We have to go to therapy together. We have to do we have to do a couples therapy, not individual. Or we can do individual only if we do couples therapy from the same therapist. It, it, mm -hmm. It's all it's all it's all a game. It's all a game of manipulation and control. And the other recording I wanted to talk about, mm -hmm. do you remember the I'll Never Get Chosen mm -hmm. recording? Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? That's whenever you like really broke down, right? Is that, that, is that, is that the one that you really... So you were like talking to her and um, and you told her that. You were like crying. You were really very raw and upfront because you knew what was coming. You didn't want it to happen. Nobody wants... This is the thing. The, even, even the most civil divorce is not ideal. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants to go through that. So you know, uh, you were like, I never get chosen. All I wanted was you. All I wanted was a wife. You never put me first. Everything else goes ahead of me. And what did she say? And I was crying. So crying. Was, crying. Remember? Yeah. Like, I never get chosen. I will mm -hmm. die here. Yeah. I was like, I will die here and I will never get chosen by you. And, and what is the coldest voice, uncaring, unflinching, like the absolute snake that she is. She's like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Wow. Wow. Just like, like she is such a such an evil bitch like she's so evil like she really is an evil 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 person really bad really so, bad. i continued recording her for weeks and weeks and weeks after that so on october the 30th i got my knock on the door with the police and with the police there i called you mm -hmm. and i said she put a restraining order on you. Yep. On me. I'm sorry. Yep. She put a restraining order on me. And you and your wife started screaming. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And so. Because what else is the reaction? Literally, talk. literally, we heard the recordings from that morning. Yeah. Right? And I mean, literally. Her saying, I don't want to have to do to you what I'm going to do to you. Yes. In the cut. Okay, hold on. Yeah, I have She's a recording of her. She starts off. She starts off by saying, are you sure you want to do this? Nice and calm. Okay. Are you sure you want to do this? And you're like, yeah, because that's it. You're resolved. Right? You're already talking to lawyers. You know what's going to happen. So then she starts crying. As soon as she, she is like a faucet. 
You know what I mean? Like on and off that fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she starts going, you, Mac, you really hurt me. And, you know, like that. <laughs> so it's so like, really give her a Grammy or whatever, an Academy Award or whatever the hell she gets for being a bitch. Um, she, an, Oscar, yeah. an Oscar, yeah, whatever, regardless. You're right. Um, yeah, so, but, no, so like, so, okay, so th- so th- she files the restraining order. Yeah. I wanted you to talk a little bit about being my biggest support during those 42 days of missing my life. Talk about how I was. So, uh, Mac was an absolute wreck. Like, the first day, he was almost numb to it all. Is that is that apropos? Like, is that a good yeah, description? Like, just numb. They cannot believe what just happened, and uh, literally can't believe it. Yeah, like uh, literally yeah, can't believe it. And the days that followed were just, you know, and I we'd be on the phone for hours, hours, and um, like it was to the point to where as I was literally feeling it, like I would be depressed, I would be sad. Because, you know, like, you're spending so much time with this notion in your head, right? Well, you're hearing this, you're, 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 you know, someone that's very close to you, one of the closest people on earth to you is going through this. You're trying to be their support as much as you possibly can. You know, you're, you're, you're hundreds of miles away, right? Because I'm in Texas, he's in New Jersey. Nothing I can really do for you. You know what I mean? As other than be there for you. And it was just like, it was to the point where my wife would literally tell me, like I would be screaming in my sleep because of this. And I mean, I mean, you know, it was, it was hard. I'm saying it was hard for me, let alone imagine what you were going through. You know what I'm saying? And I would try, I, I would try anything I could. I would give you uh, nuggets of knowledge and uh, uh, good sayings to live by and things to just think about to try to get you out of that funk, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was so hard. It was, of course, was so like I can't, I can't, you know, no one can, <laughs> I can't compare it. Like I can't say I understand exactly what you've been through because I've never been through it. No, you know, we you were feeling it. We were learning it. We were learning about narcissism together. Yeah. And it was it was violent, you know. It was violently, and we would argue. We would we would argue, but then this is the thing. This is the point of having normal people, right? These are normal people. Whenever you know you did something wrong, you call back. You're like, "Yo, bro, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that." And then you're like, "Yeah, you know what? I shouldn't have done that either." And you apologize to each other, and you keep it moving. But which was refreshing because I haven't had that in nine years. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> which is insane. So we went through the restraining order every day, coming back and forth with the stupid stipulations and this, that, and the other thing. And the restraining order got settled. And remember, I told you, you know, I at first I didn't want you to settle on that. Yeah, I didn't want you to settle because I knew it was a shit deal. I was like, bro, it's like it's like look at everything we have, and I would always say we, like I'm fighting it with you <laughs> constantly. We, we, we. <laughs> till this day, till this day, I say we. Like, yo, we're going to get this. We're going to get this, bitch. We're going to win this. We're going to blah, blah, blah. We, we, we. Uh, we still are, man. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like, I'm not going through it. I have a happy marriage. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, thank God. I have a happy yeah. marriage. But but this is the thing. It's like, I didn't want you, but you were so 
hell bent because you haven't seen your kids in so long. You haven't seen your kids in so long. There was no way of me talking you out of it. And the thing is, you were supposed to go to trial that week. And then she came in. December 7th was supposed to be the trial. Mm -hmm. And December 6th is when she came in with the settlement. Yep. Yep. And because you were, because your lawyer didn't realize what was happening, the truth of the matter, you, uh, 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 you were so desperate and she knew it. She knew that she knew, she knew for a fact that she had nothing on you, nothing, which we learned later, right? Which you went through that whole episode with, with describing everything with emotion. She had absolutely nothing on you. If you guys went to court with all of your evidence and all of her B and with n and none of her BS, you probably would have ended up with such a better deal, right? But you were desperate. So at the end of it, I was like, bro, do whatever you feel is best. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, I, I you well, know, yes, yes, you, yes, you should have thought about it a little more, but you know, it is what it is. And that's it. We, well, you've been through it, you've gone through it, it's done, it's over with, and we moved on from that. Yeah, well, luckily, I mean, the truth did come out. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a lot of bullshit in between. Mm -hmm. You know, the there was a lot of bullshit in between the uh, settling of the restraining order and the recent consent order when it comes to the motion that I just won a few weeks back. Um, but, you know, she's been doing all this crazy fucking shit. Um, so last thing I wanted to talk about... Um, was what happened this week. Mm -hmm. And uh, so on Easter Sunday, I went to go pick up the kids. Okay. And I pull up to the house and there's a blue pickup truck in front of my house. And I go, her fucking boyfriend is here already. Mm -hmm. Right. So the kids come out of the house and I go, whose truck is that? And she just gives me this like snarky look. And I go, I don't want them around other men. And she goes, they're not around other men and walks away. And the kids come walking up the driveway and go, fireman John is out on the deck. <laughs> and I go, <laughs> I go, he's out on the deck. And, and she goes, no. And I go, his truck is in front of me. <laughs> You're trying to convince me that his truck is not right there. Oh, my you God. You could wait 10 minutes for your kids to leave. His truck is in front of my face. She goes, I don't know whose truck that is. And my kids are walking up the driveway going, Fireman John is out on the deck. I don't I don't know whose truck that is. Some stranger, some stranger just came and parked in the driveway. And that's all good. I didn't call the cops or nothing. You know. I don't know whose truck that is. What truck? Yeah. I don't even know what a truck is. What? <laughs> to convince me on Easter Sunday that her boyfriend's truck is not there and my kids are walking. So my kids are the liars. Fireman John's not really there. Absolute maniac, bro. Absolute maniac. maniac. Absolute insane. And we're Absolute not even maniac. we're not even talking about uh uh we didn't even mention the whole uh she wants she you want her to be like my wife. We didn't even talk oh, about that. Yeah, that story. So a few it, days before. No, I was going to say. Let me tell it. Good, go. All right. So a few days before the restraining order was filed on me, Mo and his wife are Middle Eastern. Okay. 
and um, their marriage, according to my ex, is very dominated by Mo. Um, his wife lives to serve him, according to her. Okay, so a few days before the restraining. Hold on, and if you know my wife, what she is not that at all, at all. No. Don't ever no you no nothing like you ask nicely if you want she, if you want her to do something she'll, fucking, she'll kill you exactly <laughs> if anything you live to serve her but anyway anyway so a few days before the restraining order was filed down the um one of my ex's friends came up to me and said hey um I understand that your friend is Middle Eastern and. You want to be able to dominate your wife the way he dominates his wife. And I looked at her and I go, where the fuck did you get that from? And she's like, well, the exorcist told me. <laughs> I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And I went back and I told Mo what she had said. And you and your wife went bonkers where your wife's like i'm gonna get on a plane and fly up there to whoop her ass right now oh man she you know she's she's gangster we don't want nobody wants to f with her <laughs> it's it's the thing is is like in my household everything is very like all right we discuss generally everything right that that's pretty much how it works like everything but you know she lives on stereotypes you know if you're not if you're not uh, uh, white and Protestant, then you're you're what you call it. You know what I mean? You're 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 the other. You're trash. Well, if you're not from Pleasantville, you're not worth shit. Exactly, exactly. Which is which is such a it's such a whack place. Like I really don't know what the what the whole thing is. Like I really don't know what the allure is of this place. But it's because that's where they grew up. That's where everybody knows them. It's their cheers because they can't. That's right. Because they should make it anywhere else. Thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. They can't make it anywhere else. So, so of course, uh, uh, me and uh, Mac over here were like, okay, how can we piss her off? So, <laughs> so Mo, Mo is so generous. Okay. He's such a generous dude. Mo is the guy who pays for all the subscriptions for stuff and gives his password out. <laughs> and so I have his Netflix password. Okay. So by proxy, my ex had the Netflix password. So I told Mo that story and I go, yo, cancel. I was like, change your password to Netflix. <laughs> so Mo changes his password to Netflix. And the next comes up to me and she goes, hey, did Mo change his password to Netflix? I go, I don't know. I'll talk to him after he's done beating his wife. <laughs> uh -huh. And she went fucking bonkers. She went fucking bonkers. And then, and then. And then, and then to just kind of go full circle on this whole episode, we'll close here. What did she do? She's like, I blocked him and his wife on Facebook. <laughs> I was like, he doesn't want to look at your fucking pictures anyway. <laughs> Bro, I don't care. Remember, I tried to block you so long ago. Five years ago. Oh, my God. Like, it hurt us so bad. Like, and that's me and my wife. Like, oh, my God. Oh, no, I can't look at the pictures I wasn't looking at anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so needless to say bro you're going through a lot of shit right now but i think we could both agree that this is a way way better situation than what you have been in for the past nine years for sure and i couldn't have done it without you you have been an absolute godsend
everything that I've gone through, I, I mean, like you have been there every step of the way. You have been educating yourself. You have let me cry to you. You've let me scream at you. You let me take out my aggression on you. Man, a couple of weeks back when we were in that hotel and I talked about it on the, on the podcast, he's a traveling, you know, he's, he keeps saying he runs a not-for-profit organization. He got me my own hotel room. He took me out. He made, he told me that I just don't want you to have any problems for the next nine days. And he, I almost, I, I got to say, it was like a turning point in this whole thing. It was just this, finally, I had a feeling of peace and relief. That's when I got the motion. We went through the motion together in the hotel room. We came up with all the evidence. I mean, it was, you've been a godsend to me. I, I, I could not live without your friendship and I love you. And I want the whole world to know. I love this bald headed man that nobody can see right now. That's it. And, uh, uh, by the way, love your beard. Nice beard. Thank you, brother. Yeah. I'm I'm like you. Yeah. I grew it out. Well, she never let me grow a beard. (laughs) Yeah. She never let me have a beard. I'm man. I'm everything. Yeah. I like my beard now too. Thank you. Love you too, bro. You know how it is, man. I told you, I was like, listen, bro. And this is something, uh, you could correct me if I'm saying it wrong. I said, listen, if you feel like you have to cry, bro. Just freaking cry. You're that guy. Do it. I talked about that on an episode. You are that guy. Who's going to judge you? Who's going to say, oh, look at this guy cry. Joe, just cry. That's it. Just do it. Just yeah. you know, just go through it, bro. And at the end of it, nine out of ten times, you feel better. Yeah. You know? Except I feel tired, but whatever. Sorry, you can take a nap. We all need to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, listen, thank you so much for doing this episode. I hope the listener, you know, I put up on, on Instagram earlier today, would anybody like an outsider uh, view of my ex? And uh, who better to give it than you because you experienced the whole thing through it. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah. Um, I hope, uh, you know, I hope you like doing it. I thought it was fun. It was fun. I told you, bro, let's just get on there, shoot the shit, and we'll make it happen. And you did. Good episode. Cool, man. Right. Yeah, man. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Everybody, you can end it, Mac. I'm out. Peace. All right, everybody. Until next time.